Hey there, it's David. I want to thank you for making the choice to listen today. The reason why I do this podcast is so that someone, somewhere, just like you, will listen and think. But I realize that this goal requires your participation. You have made the choice of your own free will to listen. And because of that, I'm honored by the choice you have made to participate. Which, by the way, ties very nicely into today's episode. For today, we will look at my very last normal. We get to participate. As you embark on the journey to be, it's important that you come to some resolution about the question of God's relationship with all of creation, which will then directly impact your participation with both God and all of creation. Now, we can't argue that creation didn't happen. We can disagree on how it happened or the time frame in which it happened, but nobody can argue that it didn't happen. So we are left to make a choice for ourselves about how we will understand the creation narrative and our role in this glorious off-Broadway, way, way off-Broadway production called Life. Again, I will never tell you what you should believe, for I have made a promise to stop shooting on myself and others. But I will tell you what I believe and why I believe it. After that, the rest is up to you. You have the freedom of choice to decide for yourself. So, having said all of that, I'm inviting you to participate. Let's go island hopping. Participation is a funny thing. For the future is created in the present moment by how you choose to participate in life at any given point in time. The choices you make today will affect your tomorrows. We are all living in a web of decisions made that impact the lives we live. None of us are insulated from this reality. USA for Africa got it right way back in 1985 when they taught us to sing, We Are the World. For your decisions today will not only impact your future, but the future of the world. As we start to think about all of this participation stuff, we need to go back to the beginning of it all. When it comes to God's relationship with creation, there are several different views to consider. These following examples are in no specific order. Also, this isn't an exhaustive list of every different view of God's relationship with creation. I'm simply using these examples to make the point that we get to participate. So first off, we have to acknowledge that some people don't believe there's a God. Thus, creation was simply the result of several critical factors coming together at the right time and in the right place. Life burst upon the scene with no creator and no intelligent design. If this perspective describes you, well then welcome. Don't worry, this isn't a hostile place. But this is a place that will present you with a different point of view. And my prayer is that if you have made it this far, you are the type of person who is open to different points of view. So let's look at the second perspective. Some see God's part in creation much like that of a bowler. God stands at the top of the lane with a bowling ball in their hands. They line up the ball, take a deep breath, and then throw the ball down the lane. In other words, God built the lane, 
set up the pins, and then God rolled the bowling ball that represents life as we know it. Your life, my life, everybody's life. The very life of creation itself. At that point, all God could do was sit back and watch. Now, God hopes to see the ball knock down all of the pins, but God is nothing more than an interested bystander. Creation is done, the lane has been set, and the game has begun. God has done all that God can do. The rest is up to chance. Will our lives be a strike, a 7-10 split, or will our lives land in the gutter? In this scenario, after God lets go of the bowling ball of life as we know it, God is powerless to affect the trajectory of the ball. Creation in itself has the freedom to be what it's going to be apart from God's direction. In this perspective of God and creation, all God does is set up the tools for the game and the parameters of the game. God built the lane, set up the pins, and caused the bowling ball to be in motion. God is detached from the trajectory of creation, other than supplying the energy and direction in the beginning. God designed the game, built the lane, and got the ball rolling, but is not involved in the process of life whatsoever, other than hoping for the best. The next perspective we'll take a look at is that still others see God's part in creation much like that of a curler. You know, that Olympic sport that's played on ice, where one person slides a stone called a rock and two others position themselves in front of the rock with brooms that they use to sweep the ice. This sweeping affects the trajectory and the speed of the rock. The one who slides the rock is the father, and the two who sweep in front of the rock are the Son and the Holy Spirit. The rock's trajectory, direction, and destination are influenced by the force of the one who slides it and the two who sweep out in front of it. In this example, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together to guide the rock to the successful completion of its journey. They help the rock to go where it needs to go. They help the rock go faster or slower, and they will help the rock to stop when it needs to stop. This active participation in creation enables the created to be led into what it will do and where it will go. The whole of creation is nothing more than an orchestrated plan that is carried out by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The rock is merely along for the ride. Well, I guess there's, there is one difference. In curling, the rock isn't alive. The rock doesn't have ideas or think or make decisions on its own. In creation, we all have the freedom to have ideas and make decisions on our own. But this doesn't change the fact that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are still working their tails off, trying to steer you in the right direction. So I guess I personally believe in a combination of these two perspectives. For I believe that there is a God. I believe that God did build the lane and that God did set up the pins and that God did start the ball rolling. Yet, I also believe that the Father pushes the rock and that the Son and the Holy Spirit travel with the rock in order to help, guide, and direct. I believe that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, travels down the lane or down the ice with the ball or the rock, whichever example you choose, providing direction and energy along the way. The addition to this conversation for me, my normal, is that I also believe that the ball or the rock participates in this whole process. All of us, the rock or the ball, have the freedom to either ignore or accept God's course corrections. The ball or the rock, which represents you and me, has the ability to go its own way, regardless of what God might desire for the overall trajectory during the course of life.
This is what I mean when I state my normal of we get to participate. I believe that God has a plan for each and every single one of us. God knit you together in your mother's womb, and God knows all the days of your life. Yet, God has also given us the gift of free will. Each of us must make the choice to either follow God or not. This choice is the freedom of will that God has given to each one of us. This freedom of will represents our participation in God's creation. If we claim to have the ability to follow God, we also have to claim to have the ability to walk away from God. For one without the other isn't a choice. And yet, both following and walking away will have lasting consequences. Even the way you choose to follow or the way that you choose to walk away will have lasting consequences. For like it or not, whatever you decide will have an impact on all of creation. For a very long time, I wrestled with these two realities that were living in my faith life. And that is, one, God was omnipotent. God knows all, sees all. But yet also, two, I believe that God's given us the gift of free will. And there was always an internal battle with me because I'm saying, how can those two realities live together? How can I make sense of this? How can I understand this concept in a much deeper, more profound way, in a way that I can apply to my everyday life? Well, enter into the conversation the movie Men in Black 3. Now, don't laugh. There is a uh, good story behind this. In Men in Black 3, there is a character by the name of Griffin. Now, Griffin is an alien that has the ability to see the infinite potential outcomes that are dependent on the actions taken in any given scenario. In other words, Griffin has the ability at any moment in time to see all of the possible futures based on all of the possible decisions that someone could make in the present. Still probably doesn't make much sense, so let me tell you the story from the movie. There's a scene from the movie where Griffin is standing at the stadium of the New York Mets, Shea Stadium. And it's nighttime, and there's no baseball game going on, there's no crowd, but yet he's standing there smiling. Well, in the movie, Agent J and Agent K have been looking for him, and they find him there at Shea Stadium in the middle of the night. And he's smiling, seeming to watch something, but there's nothing going on. And they ask him what's happening, and he reaches out, and he touches Agent J and Agent K. And when he touches them, they're able to see what he sees. They find themselves standing in the middle of Shea Stadium. The place is packed, and it's the World Series, and the Mets are playing. And he's watching the game, and he says to Jay and to Kay, he says, I love this one if this is where he hits the ball into right field. And in that moment, as I was watching that movie for the very first time, it dawned on me that I've been trying to understand the infinite from my finite perspective. And the writer of this movie, the creator of the character Griffin, has just given me an insight into a better understanding, a deeper understanding of God. For what Griffin was saying was that in this moment, when this pitch comes, if he hits it into right field, then that means the Mets are going to win the World Series. But if he swings and misses, or if he hits a foul ball, or if he grounds out, or if he doesn't swing at all, then there's a totally different outcome. And at that moment, it dawned on me that that's exactly how God operates. God is omnipotent. God knows all, meaning that God knows every consequence of every decision that I will make. Let me give you a better example. Say I get up this morning at 8 o'clock, 
and I leave my house and I go to the stop sign and I make a left. God knows every consequence of that decision and how my life is going to go from that point forward. Also, if I decide to get up at 8.05 and I go to the stop sign and make a right, God also knows the consequences of those decisions. God has the ability to see the infinite potential outcomes that are dependent on the actions taken in any given scenario. God is able to see every possible consequence, every possible future based on every possible decision that I will make, you will make, all of us will make. So God does know all. God just doesn't control all. God gives us the free will to make decisions, and God knows where those decisions are going to lead. God knows the consequences of all those decisions. Now, like in the, the movie, Men in Black 3, Griffin said, I, I really like this one if this is where he hits it in the right field. We can suppose maybe for a moment that God is up in heaven and saying, oh, I really like this one if he goes to the stop sign and makes a left. We don't know about that. But what I'm saying is that this scene from this movie helped me to understand how God is able to see all and to know all and still give us the gift of free will. This gift of free will, this gift of choice, is the greatest gift of love that we've ever received. For God wants us to make the choice to follow, to be in an intimate, personal relationship. But God has also given us the freedom to make the choice not to follow, the choice to reject an intimate, personal relationship. And that is love. God wants us to want to follow to want to be in an intimate personal relationship. But God will not and does not force us to follow. God doesn't force us to be in an intimate personal relationship. For God understands something very basic about all of us. We will always figure out how to do what we want to do. We will always find the money and we will always find the time to do what we want to do. This fact is the very reason why God is in the business of transforming your want to. For God knows that when you want to, you will figure out how to. God has given you a life and God has a plan for that life. You were created in this time and in this place for a reason. You weren't born in the 18th century in Europe. You are right here, right now, for a reason. The journey to be is your pursuit of that reason. The journey to be is your participation in God's creation. You have a choice to make. Will you seek God's will and follow it by being all that God has created you to be? Or will you exercise your freedom of will and say no thank you to God? When I speak of following God's will and finding your reason for being right here right now, I'm not talking about going to heaven someday. If you do believe there's a God, I sure hope that your faith is based on more than simply getting into heaven someday. I'm talking about living the complete life that God intends for you today. Well, every week in worship, many churches repeat the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In this prayer, you have all of the proof concerning your ability to participate that you need. For in this prayer, you have the possibility of God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And you have the opportunity to participate in God's will for all of creation by simply asking for it to be done. 
If you don't ask for something, make the conscious decision to want something, you won't get it. Unless you get it by a random chance or dumb luck. And who of us wants to leave any aspect of our lives up to random chance or dumb luck? The choice is yours whether or not you ask for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You and I have the possibility of participating in what God is doing in this place at this time. Now, not that our lack of participation will prevent God's will from being done. We simply get the chance to participate in God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. The asking, the wanting, is the gift of free will that enables us to participate in what God is doing right here, right now. I mean, think about it. If Noah would have said no, would God have simply scrapped the plan to build an ark? Or would God have simply asked Tom to build it instead? If Moses would have said no, would God have left the Israelites as slaves in Egypt? Or would God have simply asked Mari to lead his people? Moses, Noah, Abraham, Paul, you and me all have had and are still having the same choice to make. The choice of being able to participate in what God is doing. God's will will be done. The question is if you will be willing to participate in God's will being done. Now, don't get me wrong. Heaven will be awesome. I believe as a follower of Jesus that when I die, I will spend eternity in heaven with God. But the journey to be isn't about heaven someday. The journey to be is about a complete life today. It's about living in God's will for creation in this moment and in this place being all that I can be because I want to be, not because I have to be. This is also your opportunity to participate in everything that God has been up to since the beginning of time. Living the journey to be is how you get to participate in this life, in this world, with God. Never forget that if you say no thank you to God, someone else will say yes thank you. They will then be blessed in what they will experience and the choices that they will make, while you will miss out on what God is doing and the blessing on living in God's will. Will this missing out be final? If you decide to say today, no thank you to God, does that mean that you will no longer be able to ever participate in what God is doing? You will no longer be able to ever participate in God's will being done? Of course not. Where would the grace be in that? But, You will miss out on that opportunity to participate, and that missing out will alter the trajectory of your life. You will go down a road that God never intended you to go down, and you will experience things that God never intended for you to experience. Yes, you can course correct later, because there's always grace, but you will miss out now, and my prayer is that you don't want to miss out on what God is up to right here, right now. Well, this is the other part of my struggle in reconciling God's omnipotence, his all-knowing everything, and our freedom of will. For if I can make my very own decisions, then I can find myself living outside of God's will. And if I find myself living outside of God's will, in essence living in a way and in a place that God never intended, then I can suffer from unintended trauma. Worse yet, I can even inflict unintended trauma on others. 
unintended because it was never a part of God's original intent for me or for the others in my life. Your decisions today will affect the future you and all the people that the future you will encounter. This is why God takes it on the chin so much. People complaining about why would God let that happen, when in fact it wasn't God at all. It was a sin-stained, fractured, faulty human being who made a decision that God never intended in the first place. For if we are going to embrace the normal of we get to participate, we must also embrace the consequences of what will happen when we make the choice not to participate. You have the choice to go on your own way. You have the choice to do your own thing. You have the choice to live outside of God's will, God's desire for your life. For we can't have the one without the other. Because God has given us free will, thus we get the choice to participate. Well, that's a wrap on me sharing with you my normals. If you have missed any of these last seven episodes, please go back and listen before you move on. It's so important in this journey for you and I to stand on a level playing field. So important for you to understand my particular brand of crazy so that you will understand where I'm coming from as we are island hopping. Our next episode will be part one of my journey. Now that you understand my normals, I want you to understand my journey. What has happened in my life that has brought me to this place and this time? In other words, how have I been participating in what God has been doing? Hey there, it's Madison. Island Hopping is a production of Journey to Be Ministries and is sponsored by Beneva Christian Church in Sarasota, Florida. You can find Beneva Christian on YouTube and Facebook, as well as their website, BenevaChristian.com. If you would like to reach out to my dad, Just drop him an email at islandhoppingpodcast at gmail.com.